0: Where did you get the idea to do the Sonic pumpkin, James? Is that something you were cooking for a while? Where did I get
1: the idea to do a Sonic
0: pumpkin? Yeah. I thought for two seconds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Show it was like, I was like, he was was like, woke up, a, up that morning. I was like, what's the <laughs> funny it. pumpkin? It's Sonic. Well, originally I was going to try and do a stencil of the Sonic from the movie pre- uh, the good one pre-change that to one make it cool worse looking. before they ruined it. Um, but I he agree. has so many lines and crevices <laughs> and details so drawn hairies. into into texture. and around his yeah. eyes. You got to draw the gums that it was going to be just too much. I didn't have the tools for it, so I
2: said I'd go with a more basic design, inferior classic design. design. I think the problem with the original Sonic design was that you could picture him having sex.
1: That's the best part. That's what I want for <laughs> all of my characters. He was too real. It's like
2: you <laughs> understand that this creature has. <laughs> yeah. He was spindly. We'll
0: Welcome to Film House, everybody. This week's episode is sponsored by Away and Raid Shadow Legends. I've got my friends Elise and James, as always, and good bud
2: Jamie here. I'm a good bud. (laughs) How are you doing, Jamie? I'm I'm great. How are you? I'm really well, man. I can tell. First time on the show. Yeah. Are you excited? Very. I'm absolutely thrilled.
0: (laughs) So this is the Sonic podcast. I hope you've come prepared.
1: Sometimes they talk about other things, but for all intents and purposes, it's a Sonic cast.
0: I think I
2: exclusively exist on uh, this channel just to talk about animals having sex. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm.
3: last week we talked about Blair Witch. Next week we're talking about
2: Walking Dead. Uh Uh-oh. God. This week. I have uh, signed an NDA. (laughs) Oh, okay.
3: But yeah, you, of all of us, are closest to the actual film industry. True, true. Having worked on some major... Productions so
2: existed adjacent to
0: things, yes. <laughs> we're expecting some real insights, Jamie. Mm-hmm. They will be outside. Dish. <laughs> we need you to dish. <laughs> um, but this week, we are going to cover a few different stories. Um, first, we're going to have David Benioff and Dan Weiss are out of Star Wars as the streaming wars heat up. Uh, we've got some new details on Game of Thrones prequels from HBO. Netflix is testing a controversial new feature. And then we'll talk about our thoughts about Taika Waititi's new Nazi comedy, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Nazi, your average comedy. I think that's oh. how Taiko
3: Atiti wants it described as yeah, hey. because every single poster makes sure to, to emphasize satire. <laughs> it's satire. Sat, sat- like satire, satire, sat- satire, 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 satire. Sat- satire. But the fact that you're just like Nazi comedy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's, what it, that's really what it was. It's the buddy you Nazi know, comedy of yeah. the century.
1: You don't seem to have a direct line to what was Fox Searchlight Films marketing department, <laughs> do you? <laughs> They're not calling you, telling you how to refer to the film.
2: You want to tone down
0: the Nazi, Nazi. thing? <laughs> Um, Yeah, so let's start off with what I think would be the bigger story of the week. Um, New controversy, maybe not controversy, but big news in Star Wars world is uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, the former showrunners from Game of Thrones, are out of the Star Wars universe. If you didn't know, they had agreed to oversee a new trilogy of films set in the past around when the Jedi came to exist. Um, But I guess people were looking forward to this, uh, maybe more so than Ryan Johnson's supposed trilogy. All in all, it seems like Star Wars is all over the place. Uh, Maybe no one really knows what the future holds for the series. Um, But what we do know now is that uh, David and Dan are out. And it most likely has to do with a huge deal they signed at Netflix worth $250 million back in August. So they're claiming they're too busy now. There's only so much time in the world. Uh, to work on things, and so they're stepping back from Star Wars. That was the. Th- I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, please. They're too busy? Uh, so they're kind of known for working on only one thing Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, th- busy, busy is the new Hollywood excuse. Exactly. I'm I've got to wash busy. my it's hair. Like,
3: it's
1: like, hold on. <laughs> you found time to make uh, five films in two years and have some sort of weird sex. Party ring thing that you also have. Going, I'm talking about Hollywood in general. I mean, I was going to say I can name three like, people that you're right about. But
2: <laughs> but you've
1: you found time to do all those things, but you can't find time to cash your 250 million dollar check alongside your 350 million dollar check.
2: What do you mm, do with the money?
1: Come on, <laughs> tell us the truth, Benny off Weiss, and Feige. Oh well,
3: yeah, it's interesting because like this is a it's pretty vanilla. Yeah. Ex- well not excuse really it's a, it's a pretty vanilla statement as to why they are stepping away. Lots of underlying currents and politics at play mm-hmm. though.
0: We are, the streaming wars are upon us now, mm -hmm. you know, so these mega studios are signing exclusivity deals. I thought it was a little strange when they announced this deal a couple months ago, knowing that they're also supposed to work in the Star Wars universe and release three films in the next 10 years. I'm busy is the new It's Not You, It's Me.
1: That's the Hollywood (laughs) corporate (laughs) version of
2: that. Also with Disney+, Plus, how are they possibly going to explain that this w- w- this was them being busy and not Disney being like, I don't really want that to be on there instead of our thing. I wanted to have a party on the same day and you can't have a party when I'm having a party. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a good question. I, I mean, I, I am surprised Netflix threw that
0: huge chunk of money at them and knowing they also had Star Wars to do. And you know, it's like, here's quarter of a million dollars but I know you're also working on the biggest franchise of all time but you're putting us first, right? So, I, I don't know, it, it was a little strange when it happened. I was honestly kind of expecting something like this. Um, I don't know, so they also did uh, blame it a little bit on toxic, f- <clears throat> excuse me, toxic fandom. So they have taken a lot of heat over the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones recently, and they're stepping into maybe even a did more they? rabid- they really? A <laughs> <laughs> game about I must Thrones? I must've missed that, you know? Um, <laughs> Well, essentially, in ca- to catch you up a little bit, yeah. in the, the last couple of seasons of the show, they ran out of books to base the stories off of. Yeah. Um, and the writing, people suffered. say, went downhill. Yeah, suffered, I think suffered I, a little I bit. I feel like we can all agree
1: that the end of the show was not as well written as the beginning of the show. Whether you liked it or not is a different discussion.
2: But wasn't Star Wars why, why they shit the bed?
3: That's what I thought. That when was. It, when it, okay, so were that was the assumption was that they were trying to rush the ending of the show oh, to get to their to Star deal. Wars. Yeah, we yeah. got we
1: got real Star They were like, we, we, gotta we need talk to, about for six
2: know, six hours. because
3: HBO, I think HBO would have given them as many seasons as they wanted for this show, but Probably. they said no, we're they ending didn't. it at eight. Yeah. They and wanted then, to give them more. And we're and we're getting out, yeah. and the everyone in the you know online community was like, oh, they just want to make their their Star Wars. But I mean. If if toxic fandom is a part of it, definitely seeing the reaction of uh, Ryan Johnson and Last Jedi, you know. If you're well, already taking well, heat from Game of Thrones, oh and God. you're looking at that as the barometer for what you might face with Star Wars, yeah, yeah. if you wow. can't
0: handle the Game of Thrones fans, I yeah. have to imagine the Star Wars fans would be well, especially
3: like, like I just finished my first footlong sub, like I'd like another, please, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, <laughs> uh, slide it down my gullet. Uh, basically, yeah, you're trading like one public thrashing for another mm-hmm. potentially.
0: Well, and after the Last Jedi, uh, people, you know, they the fans of Star Wars did run so. Several actors essentially off of social media and have been attacking Ryan Johnson pretty much constantly since then, they I won't mean, give up the fact that that movie was not what they wanted it to be.
2: And just like the, the concept of, of being ribbed over your work in general is, is not really something a lot of professions have to deal with. So it's like they came to make shit not to be um, bashed for for... You know how they're making it so it's like nobody really t- teaches you how to do that in filmmaking school and so I can see that being a pretty heavy load I mean like plumbers aren't like yeah. making a sink work and then somebody's like that sucks so bad my pussy fell off <laughs> <laughs> like plumbers get to just do their thing and they're not made fun of by the entire well, fucking planet not your
3: plum. you do shout at your plumber I do I like
2: have that, to It doesn't work fast enough and uh-huh. my pussy did
0: fall off so. <laughs> Um, I, you think they should teach class on how to deal with social social media? Outrage? Yes, I, actually, yes. I mean,
3: I think they do in like elementary and or primary and like secondary schools now. I think a lot of that is part of it is like learning how to deal with your on, online identity. I notice mm-hmm. that like I see kids in you know online talking about this that like they now they're taught about how to like protect your online identity, how to not be toxic. Like, it is a thing. I guess maybe in more liberal schools, I I would say about.
1: I would say too. Just like kind of. Uh, in defense of the fandom um, like obviously people are really passionate about the media they consume and stuff but I also maybe we haven't seen it in a wide enough scope but it has felt like it's kind of like a wildfire like as it's going it burns really really hot but then if you just step away for a little while like if you just walk away for a little while, then the fire burns out and then you can kind of come back and do whatever you want to again. And I think kind of what you're saying about the Star Wars thing, they see that, that stepping, from a, the stepping from a fire that they have from Game of Thrones yeah. into potentially another fire, but if they just don't do that then they can go to this other path where they're working on something that no one's going to judge no one has something to comparatively judge them on, number yeah. one, because it's probably going to be an original piece, and then two, it'll just they just won't have to be in that world mm-hmm. and then they can move on with their careers after a certain point. Or
3: maybe they just did, it was, you know, uh, their, their eyes were bigger than their stomachs and they did think they could stack all these projects and make it work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you look at someone like Taika Watiti, it's getting uh, solicited offers from everywhere and he keeps having to put projects on hold and it's like, well, you know, Thor 3 or Thor uh, 4 coming out. Mm-hmm. When twenty twenty one, but then mm-hmm. who knows about Akira? Like
0: that's the saddest. It's part of that. it's
3: just it's just these directors that are so coveted now. Getting mm-hmm. it's getting it's almost like you know what their next ten year slate worth of content's going to be because it's it's so bizarre kind of how they're getting locked in. It
0: is it is strange that these like mega corporations are just snatching up whatever brilliant people yeah. that they can find that that fans seem to respond to.
1: The four of us are sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you
0: so much for including <laughs> me. In. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> this, was a,
2: this was something that like uh, boggled my mind a few years ago like to see how for a minute the trend was to get directors who had one cool thing that popped off a little bit and then they would be given these gargantuan keys yeah. to- Here's uh, 200 million dollar film. And that's basically, yeah, and it's like they kind of lucked out with Heike. Uh, but I think most people's plans with these directors is to just find someone who will run it like a like a TV director. Like mm-hmm. the, it's, it's b- movies are becoming like television where you have an executive producer mm-hmm. who's sort of calling the shots and giving yeah. a mood well, board. Well,
0: especially something like a, a Star Wars film, where, yes, where yeah. I have to imagine there is not a lot of creative freedom Given to these directors, you you have to kind of tow a company line. I think, especially Star Wars, is there because
3: it seemed like Ryan Johnson had a lot of freedom. It seems like
0: Star Wars is the exception. He did, except there. You know, Josh Trank was fired from a Star Wars film. Chris Miller and Phil Lord were fired from Star Wars film. Colin Trevorrow was replaced by J.J. Abrams in a Star Wars film. Um, There's been a lot of messing with the directors in Star Wars films by by Kennedy. So, you know, it seems at least that that. Ryan Johnson had a lot of freedom, but there's a lot of these people who are probably more talented, more well known than Ryan Johnson that were taken off of projects because their supposedly directorial voice was too strong for Disney, for Star Wars.
2: They basically just need a captain of the ship to like kind of make sure that the line producer doesn't lose their mind with the schedule going out of whack. And I think <laughs> that the second the director's like, but what if we did a Dutch tilt? <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're like, burn him
2: alive. Yeah. He shouldn't be here. Yeah. He's <laughs> got a out of here.
3: Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like she needs. People, she wants people to like toe her line. And I'm curious when and or if her time might run out. If like you know, there's a problem with the perceived problem is with directors that are coming in and she's bringing them in and their visions. Like, how when does that run up to her eventually, if know. ever? I don't know.
2: I don't know. This was the thing about getting into television that I was shocked about was that, uh, at least in the shows that I worked on, the majority of the episodes were directed by a different person every yeah. time. So it was always really interesting to me to see how they would keep the tone consistent. Yeah. how does that work? Well, Very curious. it's interesting because w- when I worked on uh, Shameless, there was a uh, a director on there that actually went on to do Game of Thrones. Hmm. And like those are two They're wildly very, different very, yeah Mark totally. Milod he's, he's absolutely incredible he's one of my favorite directors that I've worked with and I think it's in television it's a different game than in film because you're kind of being you're literally there to just be glue for the production in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the creative aspect is really just matching a mood board more than it is doing anything so, independent
3: so it was like your showrunner then meeting with the episode directors to be like okay like here's the broader yeah they're kind of given a
2: idea about how things should feel yeah and then you're just kind of there to display the information that's mostly on the page and stuff so that was like uh, you know you would have a team of directors that would okay. that would circle in and out and it was always the executive producers were always like looming like I remember Gail. Anne heard on The Walking Dead. She was there every single day, and she, at the time, I think was was you know top dog for. She still is. I mean, her name's on everything. But I mm-hmm. I, I think that um, Angela Kang has been, uh, sort of been the the captain of the ship for a minute now. But she was she was always there, and she was always keeping everybody in tow. It was very interesting to mm-hmm. see. Like this is not a director's medium. Mm-hmm.
3: Interesting because so, so, uh, I've listened to a lot of interviews with Mike Sure show another good place and yeah. some of his directors have directed episodically and maybe a little less intense of an environment <laughs> than walking dead uh, mike shore seems like a pretty like chill dude pretty easygoing guy and basically like with that show it's really interesting because there's so much that is, has been in different seasons big reveals mm-hmm. and it, for him it's a challenge of trying to get these episode directors to stay in tone with the show and what's about to happen without revealing to them what's going to happen. Hmm. Right. Like it's, so it, you that's can't been, tell them the secret? Yeah he doesn't want to tell them what's going to happen in the show but he needs them to direct the episode properly
2: mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like that a sounds whole thing. Picky.
3: It sounds, It's super interesting. Like I mean that's yeah. what they
2: do with the actors too. But I mean it's kind of like being a head chef. For a party it's like you're kind of telling everybody what they're making and they can make it if they make it wrong and it doesn't work with the rest of the, the the meal then that makes sense to get rid of them but you don't really see the ingredients of making movies so all you see is like oh this person got fired this person got fired yeah. it just kind of feels like oh it's it's calamity over there uh, kathleen kennedy is a, a monster who is who's, uh reigning everybody in but like you know devil's advocate she's got an entire Empire of uh, emotions to match with a bunch of different people sure. uh, contributing to that. Well, and,
0: you know, I guess recently it was announced that Feige is somehow going to be involved in the Star Wars universe, and maybe he is there to act as that showrunner type personality to tie in whatever tone or themes that they're going mm-hmm. for across these huge, multiple trilogies of series. Hmm. Oh. Well, I. <laughs> is anyone here sad that these guys aren't making Star Wars anymore? Or or has the tone turned so much on these creators that were happy they're no longer <laughs> involved in Star Wars? Um no. Yeah. The
3: the biggest I think the biggest upset was the into the Spider-Verse guys going and, mm-hmm. and being pulled off producing their Star Wars and then <laughs> being and then moving to into the Spider Verse and that being like an insane hit but maybe that was for the best.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah. that that was the one that of everyone that's worked on this new Star Wars thus far that felt like oh, this is could be a different kind of Star Wars movie. Cuz interestingly enough, for as much of the firing and stuff that's been happening in the Star Wars behind the scenes, they all feel pretty much the same. Like I think the writing yeah. changes dramatically from movie to movie. The scripts are different and the plot lines and themes are different, but like None of them feel that different. We're, just, we're even watching a trailer that like shows through a bunch of stuff. Like, unless you see one of the main characters, it's kind of hard to know which which Star Wars movie any of these clips are from, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that Phil Lord and Chris Miller have a specific tone that they have in all of their films that is unique. It might have been too far left field. I don't know. Yeah.
3: I guess that's, that's like one perspective, but then there's someone like Jacob that could give you a time stamp of when those <laughs> well, you know, yeah. TIE fighters Jacob, were. <laughs> yeah, Jacob doesn't
1: count, though. I think um, for, as far as Benioff and Weiss go, like I wasn't the kind of person who saw them coming up short at the end of Game of Thrones and thought these talentless hacks. No. Because uh, in their defense, adaptation is really difficult, too. Like, and. And while when, the, when they ran out of story, things started to fall apart and fall away, um, that's definitely fair, a fair criticism. When they had the material, things were really good. And it, ha- it was some of the best television that's ever been put on screen. And adaptation Sorry. is very difficult. It's sometimes it's hard looking at a piece of source material and going, what's important, what needs to be pure? How is this gonna be filmed? How's it gonna be translated to a m- new medium? Yeah. How do I cut
0: this down into something that can be on TV? So Mm -hmm. even
1: though they were going to work on an original trilogy, I was kind of excited to see how they would adapt Star Wars into whatever project they wanted it to be. Um, More so than thinking they would just screw something up like they did Game of Thrones. (laughs) But um, them not working on it also doesn't mean anything to me because I think that is more of a statement on how invested I am in the future of Star Wars. I don't believe it was their decision.
2: I, I don't. I don't believe that the well, excuse of like, yeah, we're a little tied up. I can't really I, <laughs> make it over there. Yeah. So like, same, same. I'm like, saying they're too busy.
1: It's like you know, it, I think you can find a way to not be busy if it means right. a difference between three hundred fifty million dollars and five hundred million dollars. Like,
3: yeah, was, they may have been presented with an ultimatum, or they may have been mm-hmm. presented with a a some type of deadline mm-hmm. that they couldn't hit, mm-hmm. and they went, we can't do that. And then the studio said, okay, you have to, you have to. Choose. Mm-hmm. I, I feel
2: like it was just like the backlash uh, at the end of Game of Thrones. I could see a bunch of executives be like, "Hey, this is kind of poisonous for the brand right now. So, like, uh, maybe go check your options."
0: I, I do. <clears throat> part of the Netflix deal did require them to be on set for the production of whatever film and television shows they were going to be working on for Netflix time-wise that might have conflicted some. I do think also Disney is reworking whatever they have in mind for the future of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to change completely. So it doesn't really surprise me that they're scrapping maybe half-baked ideas that didn't really make it anywhere in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they need, they need, I,
2: I feel like they need somebody to pull a Taika Waititi on, on Star Wars. I would rather something that does not fit the tone, but is a good movie. Yeah. Then, then mm-hmm. you know, they use the same lenses from the original set or something, and then it's it's just fine. Do
3: mm-hmm. you guys think that they perceived Solo as an attempt? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I can't make a personal oh, no. judgment on solo it. Solo
1: is the furthest from an attempt at being something new and different. Oh, okay. I don't. know. Well, I, I, I just let's. Remake I guess my my question
3: then. is, could the people making it have perceived it as a shift in tone? I, I
1: think, I think that's originally, why they were fired. yeah. I think originally yeah. maybe yes. Yeah. Like that Ron Howard's out that role way. in Hollywood is like kind of as a, he's a, he makes <laughs> the movie. He's a like, finisher. By he like, he, like, he's a good director. Don't get me wrong. But he's, he's a great, excuse me, he's a great director. But he kind of makes movies that, are mo- that look like movies and feel like movies. Because they, they brought him in. There's nothing new or interesting They
3: brought all. him in as a closer on it, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah.
1: he reshot, I think, basically the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, he did Like, I think they had to basically start from pretty much the beginning. Well, so. not, not everything's going to be the Grinch.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: He's great at making great movies. But if you're trying to stand out, like then you kind of sometimes you have to do something different. So I think when they consciously went from someone who makes different kinds of movies to someone who makes movie movies, mm-hmm. that seems like a very conscious decision to say we want this to fall in line, not to stand out. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't do so great. So maybe now that's where they started rethinking. They didn't want it to do great.
2: I, I have the. I, fail. I have a. <gasps> I have a theory about. Yes. Uh, popular culture in general. This isn't a rogue theory. It's like I, I fully believe this is this is the case that things have to be fine. At at worst, nobody's trying to make a bad movie, but they're not trying to make the best movie because that would that would be too scary. So I think people really sh- shoot for the middle because most people when they watch movies in the country they just kind of go like. I had fun while I was watching it, and that's really what they're shooting for. They're shooting for. They call that Ratner. Wait, okay. do you think
3: this is some kind of subconscious.
2: I think, in a lot of ways, yeah. I think Solo did fine, and so did the last two Star Wars movies. They were fine. People loved and hated them, and that's what you want. Jamie, this is radical tinfoil stuff. I'm, I'm just kidding. saying. <laughs> they might be coming for you. <laughs> I'm not trying to uh, cause Wait, problem, but like, I do you, fully believe. W-
3: but do you think it's coming from, like, the writers or the director? That is, a, that is an
2: advertising thing. I, I think the, the what was oh, you think oh, yeah, things have to be okay at best. And it just uh, needs, it needs to be digestible, anyway.
0: something yeah. you can go and eat, spend $20 on, and then just leave forever. It
2: just can't be boring. Hmm. That's all because then people forget it.
3: That's how I feel about most like popcorn blockbuster, mo- like
2: it's how pop music's I'd, made. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather it be bad and of I'm. Gods of Egypt.
3: <laughs> Because it was it was boring. <laughs> like it, it you walked be, out of Gods of Egypt. I you did. Came and I had all of the gods. I, I was <laughs> like, I don't know if I took an Uber home or you took an Uber home, but one of us.
0: <laughs> you still took in the keys. the keys.
3: But uh, I do. I do. Th- would much rather a movie be bad and not boring than you know it could be, it could be a cinematic achievement. But if I'm bored, I'm kind of like. Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: That's what was so weird about. Um, Blair Witch was like th- th- that. Was a situation that was a part of a. I guess technically, it's it's sort of a. Um, uh, what's what's the word? It's 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 a part of. Uh, it had a legacy that it had to live up to, right? Sort of like in the Star Wars universe, you have these sort of like things that you need to hit in order to fit into the the, the world or whatever, right? So like there was a lot of expectation going into it, but it was sort of it felt like. They really there was a lot of aiming down the middle. I feel like with the advertising, that was it just felt so generic that it kind of disappeared.
3: Were they? You think they were relying too heavily on just the brand of
2: the Blair Witch? Yes, which was such a did, mistake. Yeah. I really feel like the and I you know I I think that we were all kind of like in theory that makes sense to advertise on for, the Blair Witch. But do you want to explain your
3: connection for people that might not? know? Oh,
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I I I was uh, in the 2016 uh, reboot pool of Blair Witch. Uh, it was sort of a. Uh, like a continuing of the story. I, I played the brother of Heather from the original and it was, uh, mm. it was a situation where the movie was, uh, I guess, sort of looked at as eh, for people, you know, and it, so it disappeared. And that was really interesting to me to see like, it would be better if it was dreadful in a lot of ways. It would be more memorable if it was terrible? Yeah, absolutely. But, to hmm. be forgetful is the most, is the, it's the worst crime you can commit in entertainment. You have yeah. to be either so terrible that people can't stop talking about it, or so good that people won't stop talking about it. Yeah, it's
3: like how sometimes indifference is worse than hatred.
2: <laughs> That's you the know? well, <laughs> the opposite of love is indifference instead of hate, like yeah. that old adage. So it's like you know, people really want to make the worst movie of all time or the best uh, situation for the whole, rather than the best movie of all time, because they just want people to kind of go in and say, "I had fun watching it." because that makes the most money, uh, people passively enjoying things. But it's, it, it, things have to be kind of like a little bit weird for people to remember it, you know? So you're
1: saying you liked the Game of Thrones finale? <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> we're talking about it more
2: because it was controversial than if it had been perfect.
1: Ah, okay. Good right. point. Kaboomed.
2: <laughs> well, I guess, um,
1: I need to take a vacation after that. That was was very heady. I feel like I need to escape, get away from it all. Just get away from it all.
0: maybe with some new baggage from Away Bags. Oh my gosh! Thoughtful luggage for modern travel. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase, crafted with features that make travel more seamless. So all you have to do is think about where you're headed next, because getting away means getting more out of every trip to come. I have Away's the bigger carry on which is their carry-on just sized up to make the most out of the overhead bin. It has a lightweight and durable shell that's made to last for a lifetime of travel. A 100-day trial lets you try any Away product on the road. A limited lifetime warranty means they'll fix or replace your bag if it ever gets damaged. I've taken my Away suitcase all over the world, Vietnam, Taiwan, Thailand, China, New York City, and I absolutely love it. I've never said love and suitcase in the same sentence before and I truly mean it. If you travel at all, I highly recommend you check out Away. The Away suitcase is thoughtfully designed and very durable. Knowing that Away will fix or replace my suitcase ASAP if anything ever breaks, means I never have to worry about my luggage. The four 360 degree spinner wheels guarantee a smooth ride that doesn't stick or get caught. These wonderful little wheels make walking with this suitcase a breeze. One of my favorite features is a little removable laundry bag for dirty clothes. It keeps my stink off my fresh threads. It also has a handy built-in TSA-approved combination lock to keep your belongings safe and secure no matter where you are. It's easy to carry up and down stairs, onto buses, boats, and trains because it's so lightweight. I had to heft mine up over my head to fight my way through a busy night market in Thailand to get to my hotel. I had no problem because this thing is so lightweight. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com filmhouse and use promo code filmhouse during checkout. So for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash filmhouse and use promo code filmhouse during checkout. Um, I know I love my Away bag, and I think you guys will too if you travel much at all. I've taken mine all around the world, and I absolutely love it. So check out Away and help support the show. Bam. All right. What do we got? Oh, so I guess tied to the D&D thing, we do have some Game of Thrones news, prequel news this week. Um... The one Game of Thrones prequel kind of called The Long Night was canceled. They actually shot a pilot. This is the one that had Naomi Watts and showrunner Jane Goldman. Hmm. So I guess they announced that this week that that is out. They're not going to move forward with that. Um, This was, uh, I guess, the Starks versus the original White Walkers, if you're familiar with Game
2: of Thrones lore. I didn't hear about this. Um, Didn't they ruin that? already I mean <laughs> we, we've kind of already seen it and people didn't yeah. like <laughs> it that much such cynic yeah. such <laughs> cynicism like, wasn't that a mistake didn't, the first time didn't they <laughs> that, ruin that? that already they kill
1: the white <laughs> they finished the white walkers off Episode 9 of season 1, and mm-hmm. then there's a whole another five seasons of the show. Uh, I, I, I doubt see, I see. they'll and ever we,
3: let it out of the vault, but I'd love to see that pilot. Yeah. I too. want to see the
0: well, rest
2: of the Walkers. Like, we only the, know about the white ones. The interesting How interesting they thing come is about? That
0: apparently, the Game of Thrones pilot was terrible. Yeah. The original yeah. original. Oh, yeah, they yeah. I do remember it, right? hearing that. Yeah. They reshot it almost entirely and recast several main characters, mm-hmm. I think. Somewhere out there. It I mean, be worth to there see. is a
2: brand who's like, "Ah, <laughs> my story." Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> but like that happened with uh, Lord of the Rings too, right? It was original Aragorn with somebody else.
3: It was yeah. Stuart Townsend.
2: See, try try again, sometimes not a bad thing.
3: And poor Stuart Townsend I think shot 3 weeks, which is the amount of time it took to shoot Braveheart actually. But <laughs> according he, to
2: Bruce's death, <laughs> he shot
3: he, he, I think he was on set for th- Three weeks, I want to say, and then they were like, "This just isn't. Mm.
0: This doesn't feel right." And then we got Vigo. Would we even know? They brought in Michael (laughs) Fox Perfect, and he wasn't. I
3: I agree that Stuart Townsend would (laughs) would have been a weird Aragorn, but too pretty, maybe. Yeah, I don't don't know. I do feel genuinely horrible for him, though.
1: Especially because what have you seen him in since?
3: Do you think that I would, Charlie's Theron
1: for a time? He was like, it's either this or Queen of the Damned, please. What <laughs> <laughs> did you, you say, Charlie's I Theron? I said Charlie's
3: Theron for a time. <laughs> no. Jamie's like, you, uh, Jamie and I need to be on a porch in Georgia with some <laughs> iced tea <in laughs> no, our no, no, and our sun I'm telling that. You sit please. down next to me, we're going to have Georgia? a
2: good night just talking and gossiping about it. Have you been them? to Georgia? I mean Russia. want to reserve that I mean Russia. I meant
3: Georgia and Russia. I'm going to pop you.
2: Do you think Stuart
0: Townsend would have been in Hidalgo? Do you think they should have swapped? You have been in? the horse.
3: <laughs> what are you picking on? Townsend
0: <laughs> hasn't he gone through enough?
1: Finally, someone's giving Stuart Townsend the, <laughs> the bruising the he deserves. Um, um, anyway, sure
0: so so we we mm-hmm. lost one Game of Thrones prequel, but we got another one um, called House of the Dragon,
3: which, which sounds a little stupid. Honestly. Sounds like a, a rap album by like Wu Tang. <laughs> by Wu Tang, yeah.
0: It's like. That was the, I I'm Jamie's here or... laughing at
3: my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't.
2: But I'm, so I'm buying that for a dollar, honey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so House of Dragon, uh, not just a pilot, but they're just going to go straight to series, uh, ten episode order of this show, based on a book called Fire and Blood, which is like, I guess.
3: Kidding. <laughs> I just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's going on Got back him. here? Oh. Just kidding, sorry. But yeah,
0: Fire and Blood was a fake, or not fake history, I guess it's all fake, but a history of the Targaryens when they came over and took over Westeros. Ooh. Um, So this is the show we're getting instead. I guess this is, you know, you got dragons instead of zombies. Maybe that's the difference or the selling point. I'm not too sure. Um, I haven't read any of these books. I think long time ago, I read the wiki, like Elise, to I'll read try all the and wikis. figure out what's going on.
3: Voraciously,
0: read those wikis. So yeah, it, it starts with Aegon the First Targaryen uh, and his conquest of the seven kingdoms of Westeros, and then also includes the civil war known as the Dance of Dragons.
3: Dan and so, I talked about this a little bit. It'd be really cool if they showed the Doom of Valyria.
0: Oh yeah, you know, with whatever explodes. The vol- I'm assuming also. it's
3: volcanoes erupting?
0: I was going to say this sounds, sounds like magic. an STI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um so um. the sh- the showrunners are Ryan Condal and Miguel Sapochnik. Sapochnik, I don't know how to say that. Oh, anyway, poor guy. Sapochnik made a bunch of, uh, directed a bunch of uh Thrones episodes. Uh Condal has produced a show called Colony for SeeFee, I think. Um he wrote a bunch of rock movies like Rampage and Hercules. Uh, Dude, yes. <laughs> Rampage or Hercules? Which one? Neither. <laughs> Um, he's also written <laughs> Unmade Logan. Highlander and Logan's <laughs> Highlander. Run reboots. So I don't know; I haven't seen anything from that guy. Mm-hmm. But the the director Sapochnik, did do the Battle of the Bastards and the Long Night episodes wow, of Game okay. of Thrones, which were two I mean pretty impressive directorial to, to direct, right? Seriously. Yeah. Um, so he'll be directing the pilot and supposedly overseeing, you know, that portion okay. of the show.
1: But if you're the kind of person who wanted who wants to go go back in hindsight criticize the credentials of Benioff and Weiss these guys have way less
0: well there's more directorial skill maybe less writing skill
1: yeah but cuz uh, Benioff what did he, he was they didn't Troy direct in 25th they, hour didn't
0: direct episodes of game of thrones they just
2: wrote them yep did they not
3: i don't I think so i they directed episodes
2: i think they might have done at the end there
1: like a couple of didn't them they, but like they were did I they
3: direct the red wedding
2: no no, that was uh, the same guy who did the Battle of the Bastards, huh? No, different. I just, I mean, I don't think that the direction was the issue, right? No. It was there the writing. Directing crap. So,
1: like, I don't think anyone's, like, directing was terrible towards the end. It was like, oh, no, everyone was still into it. It just hated what was being shown. So, like, it's weird because this guy has Rampage and Hercules. And don't get me wrong, I love The Rock. <laughs> but these <laughs> are don't the You think of Hercules first? The most boring, exciting movies you can ever possibly watch. I recently Um, was like
2: I I wouldn't mind seeing Hercules and somebody was like we've seen it twice. Yeah. Benioff wrote uh, Troy, Troy, 25th, 25th Hour. hour. He,
0: which were actually pretty he well right, X-Men Origins Wolverine, so yeah. but mm.
1: general ah. consensus is that studio involvement is what really, really boned yeah, that no. one. You're I right, James the
2: pedophile who's running the business <laughs> over at the X-Men community over <laughs> there. <laughs> Kaboom. Thanks. David to be to David Benioff to, wrote Brad.
3: three episodes. Sorry, David Benioff directed three episodes of Game of Thrones.
0: I think at a certain point they do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, that's not all that much. So yeah. right, we'll see. But but,
0: but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Is like these guys don't necessarily have a huge pedigree mm-hmm. beyond proving having directed a few episodes. I'm I just, would trust I, that guy I, to make look, some new look, ones. But I think they have pedigree. I just
1: think if you want to compare pedigree, they may not have the same amount of pedigree for the people that we've
0: already feel like have failed us. <laughs> so well, in in the what is it? The Fire and Blood books. There's supposed to be two of them. There's only one out mm-hmm. so far. So. <laughs> maybe it'll run into the same situation where they burn through all the material before the next book comes out. You
1: just need to embrace shorter shows. Yep. Pick the an end. BBC started.
0: Pick an end. Yeah. Say
1: where say say to your I know everyone wants to get rich, so this is a stupid <laughs> statement to nobody, but like when you start something, you go in with a pitch and we say we imagine this lasting four seasons. That's and then and then if the first season goes well, they go congratulations, we've greenlit you for one more season with an extension to four if we so choose as opposed to going we love this show we want to have it for the next 12 years. That's, that's what fucks everything up every time.
0: You'll never be running a studio James. I Not know. Not with that attitude. Well
1: yeah. I mean I'm on the creator side and I'm sure if someone came to me and they're like hey that little short film you made is there any way you can stretch that into a, uh, Six seasons a, a movie? 26 hour series that spans over 18 seasons we'll pay you 200 million dollars
2: I go yes I can do that. I'm confident it would work. <laughs> I mean, it worked for the guy who lights out. Like he had like a 30 second film, and then they were like, "Do you want to do this for mm-hmm. like two hours, maybe?" And yeah, it's just He's like
1: you know, it just lights out. I'll do, like, I'll do Ouija too. Uh. <laughs>
3: three three Ouija. Oh, Jamie, God bless you. <laughs>
0: So um, George R. R. Martin has said he is interested in writing episodes of this show, but does promise that he'll finish the next book. On oh, Game Dan, does he first?
3: promise? Let him live. Promise. Let he him promised. live. Let him live. He promises to finish it.
1: I'm not saying That's let him he, live. He, as he promised in he on, might his, die. on his
0: on his live journal blog or whatever he People blogs have on. Stop
1: holding this man accountable. Have you ever seen the book? You ever looked at one of those books from the side?
0: It's a lot of words. <laughs> the the only people, people to. who are allowed
1: to criticize him for taking so long are <laughs> anyone who's written a book from that when you look at it from the side, comes even remotely close <laughs> to it being that fucking wide.
3: I'm convinced he's got a rat in his hair, writing, pulling his arms and writing a book. Stephen <laughs> King Cause could. Stephen King.
2: Stephen King. Stephen King go out. He, he can too. tweet at George R.R. <laughs> and Martin and say,
1: You better hurry up. He's the only person, as far as I'm aware, that could say Tom Clancy's ghost writers <laughs> can say, You better hurry up, man. Like, what's the
0: deal? I mean, he's he, so long. <laughs> You're so huge. Okay, let him do his own thing. I'm, okay. I'm not gonna pressure him to write any faster. I'm gonna pitch
3: you guys a scenario.
0: I'm so excited.
3: <laughs> Tom Clancy, mm-hmm. Ghost, love it. Uh, comes to haunt you, mm-hmm. and agrees t- to let you. He will. He Tom will, Clancy's dead. Tom Clancy's dead. He will. He's the ghost and ghost. Sorry, you had to learn this way. He'll possess your body and mind, and he will write books of you as his conduit, which will be uh, bestsellers. Mm -hmm. But once you're. The ghost of Tom Clancy is to have sex with your body.
2: Wait,
1: <laughs> is he in my body? He's, he's possessing your body and <laughs> having sex with
3: it. Wait, well, is that when, just
1: masturbation?
0: When,
3: when you do the book writing process, there's no sexual component. He's uh-huh. just—he's you're letting him like yeah. you. Okay. You basically become a vessel. So Tom Clancy, who is not you know. A, a, a physical being can use it to write. Because he can't, like, I mean, it's just easier that way. And to what pay if, you
0: back for using your body, he no, senses you?
3: No, no, no. No, you pay him back
0: for becoming famous
3: by letting him have sex but with you. But how does it I he make it rough Does he peg himself? Does he basically no, like have... go into the shower
1: Describe and then controlling you? Pegs himself.
3: I don't know. It he should just be he has he
1: takes your body out and he can do whatever he want with it for, for twenty four hours.
3: He, okay, which means he could contract some kind of STI.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: But, but then he gets to he gets out of it because he's Tom Clancy.
1: Well, he also you're gonna he's be sick. rich.
3: But if you're rich, yeah, if you're rich, you can cure Who anything. cares. So yes, I would. I have would this, have yeah. sex or whatever with Ghost Tom Clancy. I would as well.
2: I feel like being. <laughs> A conduit for somebody else's needs is already my sex life, so oh, okay. <laughs> really nothing changes. So you're in. There you go. I accept. And it Dan's just in. To be Oh yeah. Is it <laughs> like a that wing, wing win spy stuff President that he's parody. famous for, yeah. or does he start writing like
0: romance?
1: Like novels? Your you're rich yeah. and you're guaranteed to get laid at least once a year.
2: <laughs> so damn <laughs> By that's God. good. Not even a question. The answer is maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway. All right. So, um, next <laughs> next story.
0: Um, Net- Netflix is uh, testing a uh, new variable variable playback feature on their mobile app, which allows you to play uh, whatever you want at half speed, three quarters speed, time and a half speed. Uh, and this, for some reason, has people horribly upset that Netflix is once again ruining cinema.
3: Is Kathleen Kennedy one of them? <laughs>
0: yes. She's real pissed. <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> sure she she's could care less, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, you know, this is this is something that we've had on, you know, DVD and Blu-ray players for a long time. Something personally I like. Whenever I'm watching a podcast or listening to a book, I'll generally crank it up past normal speed. Mm-hmm. I don't know that i would watch the godfather at uh, two times but for some reason you know it, it, i guess it's the internet so you'll find people that are pissed about everything or rampage you'd watch it <laughs> 1.5 <laughs> oh maybe even half speed to just take in the rock even longer no that movie feels long at regular speed <laughs> uh, did you see rampage i
1: watched most of it and then i got towards the end where it was actually starting to rampage and i was like uh, not interested <laughs> you already ruined it I stopped I, something distracted me and I just never returned <laughs> yeah movies like asking for
2: mustard at Subway it's already too much <laughs> <laughs> what's your problem with mustard Jamie it's not mustard my problem at mustard. Subway it's Subway putting an exorbitant amount of mustard the instant it hits the bread fix it <laughs> do something different less mustard We're in a drought. People are upset about this. Yeah, yeah.
0: people People will be mad about anything.
1: It's divisive. We were talking about this a little bit as a group, and I'm not for it. You think I they're going to ruin cinema? I'm also, I'm also not the kind of person who's like, I rem- just because I don't like it means you can't have the option, sonny. I'm not sure who you're uh, uh, mimicking uh, right uh, now, but, uh, <laughs> um, I'm personally offended to a certain mustard. extent.
2: I feel like you're being a little bit offensive to my but people. But
1: I, I couldn't imagine a ser- scenario where I would ever use that only because I understand I also listen to Audible fast and sometimes podcast fast. But I feel like pacing is a, an element of film. Right, the speed at which the film r- unfolds in front of you is an intentional device. Sure. So it'd be like, to me, it's like Netflix is releasing a feature which all changes all the orange colors to blue
0: or control. whatever like like hey, it's we're just fucking ideas. with shit
1: now who gives who cares you know we cut out every other we have a new application that runs over netflix cuts out every other word that a character says just cuz you know i'm like but these are all very important parts of the movie um so i probably would never use it because i feel like the cost of saving time is experiencing the medium in a way in which it wasn't intended to be experienced kind of so I don't I don't think I would ever use it, but at least you said that you would be down for it in, I, sp- in specific scenarios, right?:
3: I consider it a tool or another feature that doesn't necessarily uh, indicate a disrespect toward film. I think I agree with you that th- they're obviously, you know, to enjoy a movie at its its best, you want to be watching it in ideal circumstances. Are a lot of these filmmakers making their movies to be watched on a tiny phone screen? No, but people are watching them on it. So, like, they, should they be insulted by that is is my question. And I also feel like, you know, if I'm going to watch Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou and it's going to come to the point where, spoiler, Ned dies, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I've seen that a billion times. I don't necessarily want to forward, fast forward through it, but I don't necessarily want to sit and watch this horrible scene that I, I don't like watching because it's so sad. I might watch that at two times
0: speed just to get through with it. Um, so the next time you're watching Irreversible, you can get through the really rough yeah. part <laughs> that twice yeah. It's like, why are you watching it in the first place? Well, I mean,
3: I, the, the rest of that movie I enjoy thoroughly. It's just I just for emotional reasons, I usually I usually skip that scene. Mm-hmm. Maybe now I'll just watch it at two times it just, speed. It's, it's just I just consider it a tool. Yeah. Like I'm, sh- were filmmakers upset when VCRs had fast forward buttons? Probably, like yeah. I mean I don't know. It's just technology. I, I think like. It it seems a little bit
0: like old man shaking his fist at the cloud. It does a little
3: bit. Like, are you upset that people are watching your movie on airplanes when there's a baby crying behind the Like, I don't know. I saw somebody watching Dunkirk on an airplane. Yeah. (laughs) That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. not the way at all you should be watching (laughs) Dunkirk, but people do it. since, Since film has
1: existed, though, the delivery method has changed. Like, there's never been a guarantee that you're going to get your film seen in the theater that's up to the quality standards that you want it to be and all the effort you put into making it. Like, I get that, but I feel like that's always been a commonly accepted thing. Like, no, actually changing the rate at which the movie unfolds in front of you seems like that is now you're transforming the media as opposed to just getting it in a worse, in a degraded quality or whatever. I feel
2: like the problem maybe isn't that the delivery method has changed, it's that the receiving method has changed. So people are upset about other people Uh digesting their media more than they're upset about people giving them options to watch it differently. If people Mm -hmm. use this more often, that is something filmmakers have to take into account. I would love to know the statistics of how often people watch things faster and which movies are watched faster in general.
3: I wonder if it's partly in... in you know, due to stuff like the internet, where Rotten Tomatoes, these movie uh, aggregate sites, where like viewer review counts, because you know, a hundred thousand people can go onto Rotten Tomatoes and vote for a movie, whereas you know, t- thirty years ago, that was it was just you know, a critic that sat down in a, a critic screening and they reviewed the movie, and that was. What was out there about the perception of your movie? But now you know, twenty thousand of those people can watch it. I guess at time and a half speed, and that might influence their perception of true, the movie. True, true, and they true, can what? they can publicly talk about that, and the, and they don't have to say, well, I watched it at time and a half speed, so that that you should have to disclose like, that
1: shit. <laughs> if, you what speed watch, did you if you watch, if you watch, yeah, if you watch a movie and you review it, you have to disclose the speed. Like if you make a tweet and you're like,
3: I didn't like. Uh, you know,
0: the Irishman. The well, Irishman. But you, but
3: you have to say, but I did watch it at Time it, and a Half. I did, speed,
0: I did get to watch it in two hours, and yeah. you spent three and a half on it. If you use steroids and enter the Home
1: Run Derby, you should have to let <laughs> everyone know. That's how I feel. The I, Home Run Derby. <laughs> I think, I mean, there's two things about it. Um, one is, I'm surprised Netflix is, I mean, whatever. I guess they have statistics, and they see how people are watching I things anyway. I think this anyway. helps them juke the stats,
0: really. But how, how does it... Help them because more people watched more
1: episodes, yeah, of but they don't stuff. serve ads, so what watch time Numbers. I feel like doesn't matter for them. What content is what matters? So, That's why true. are they giving people an opportunity to blast through their library of content even faster? That's surprising. Maybe you
3: want to rewatch all of Cheers, but you don't want to watch it in normal time. <laughs>
1: but they want you to take normal time because that way, when they just sign a deal that says we have Cheers. That's gonna take you months, or in our case, years <laughs> to get through all of that. And that seems like that's what Netflix wants because they want you to continue subscribing month after month. So I'm just mm-hmm. curious, this seems like a YouTube, this seems like something YouTube would do well, because it, YouTube can then YouTube serve, does do this. serve 50% more. Oh yeah, I know.
0: This is a mobile thing. So this is only allowed on Netflix again, mobile. That's interesting. It's just so ads. mobile.
3: But is it that just they're just weird. testing
0: it on mobile? Yeah, and
3: it's
1: not oh, like they're. saying okay. That, they're that would probably do it be
0: fun. the audience of people that would use this, or you know, the scum. exactly. I mean, <laughs> little kids.
1: Just as a general thing, and this is not something that's happened immediately, but it's happening over time. Film is ne- a metaphor that will not work on a lease, but basically, like there's a certain methodology of turning film into the the entertainment equivalent of fast food, right?
3: I don't follow. (laughs) (laughs) Which is to say,
1: a way easier, quicker, more More digestible. digestible Delicious. With with worse (laughs) like less substantive version of the initial vision of what a hamburger should be is now something that melts Mm. in your mouth because it's all made out of butter kind of thing well and i think
0: scorsese and coppola would say that's what marvel films are
1: no yeah i'm saying there's it's happening in a lot of different ways and this just seems like another way of like oh we're just trying to give the people what they want but at
2: a certain point we're going to end up in idiocracy no no (laughs) here's the thing people people who are serving the media to us do not want to give us what we want (laughs) <laughs> they're trying to get yeah, they're trying to give right. us what we will take mm-hmm. and oh, the thing okay. is is that are you, are you more likely to eat an entire meal if it's easier to get started than to uh, quit halfway through on a bigger meal like if, if you start into a thing and get invested because you're watching it in fast motion when the other option is to turn it off halfway through that's maybe keeping people around when they otherwise would have left right so like yeah.
0: so I was going to turn off the handmaiden's tale but I'll watch the rest of it Super- no, I, I, I'm to see off. Scientologists talk a little faster
2: so It just, just
1: seems like there's an easier method which is that if you have those statistics and you see that people are turning Handmaid's Tale off 23 minutes in then you probably, won. don't renew the show, or you share those statistics with the creators and you say we should look for – you need to find a way to make your show deal with this hump, as opposed to saying maybe we could trick our audience into keep watching this show that we're going to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to keep on our, our SVOD. And
2: that's why they're not wanting to give us what we want. They're wanting to give us what we will receive.
1: Well, it's, it is a corporate testing – it's the velociraptors testing the fences. They're seeing <laughs>
0: what we'll tolerate. <laughs> I think, I think they're just—they're they're probably throwing shit out there, seeing. Yeah. Are you? or do people again, even like this? Totally, maybe no one uses that. it, and then it just disappears. They're totally fine.
2: Probably with what's going to happen. Probably I not think, even a calculated decision.
1: I just think I'll never use it because I think it—I think it manipulates things in a way that's maybe more different than just watching on your phone or when Adam watches movies over the course of. 10 years on a bus you know, and I'll watch it in five
0: minutes. I I will probably also never use this because I don't have Netflix on my phone.
3: You get really upset with me because I will watch a movie in little tiny chunks. I don't get upset.
1: How can you enjoy that? I don't get upset with you. And also I watched uh, all those movies to fall asleep to in in chunks. I'm watching Frankenstein Chronicles (laughs) in eight minute chunks because that's as long as I can last to fall asleep. The last thing I want is for it to play faster. Because then, what am I going to do in three weeks when I can't fall asleep? Oh,
3: can you sl- can you slow it down? Yeah,
0: so you can oh. languish and enjoy oh, okay. your Frankenstein. Right. Mm. That's that's a half You can't slow thing. that show down. It's, it's <laughs> at a snail's no pace. Oh. I assure you. Um, so we're talking mm-hmm. about mobile. Uh, you guys should actually go to the app store and check out Raid Shadow Legends. Forget everything you know about mobile games because one of the most ambitious RPGs of 2019 has just been released, and it aims to change everything. Raid Shadow Legends is a free smartphone experience on par with bigger PC and console titles. Raid features a fully realized storyline, 3D graphics, giant boss fights, and PVP battles, plus hundreds of champions to collect and customize. This is not your generic mobile game. In Raid, you have the ability to customize artifacts and build a unique mastery for each one. Check out the game that has nearly 10 million players worldwide for free. Click the link in the description to start playing and to support this show. Download Raid via patronme Filmhouse, and new players get 50,000 silver and a free Epic Champion as a special bonus after the first seven days of playing. Plus, get a new daily login reward for the first 90 days in the game. So what are you waiting for? Check out the video description, join the new player program, and start your journey today. So download Raid Shadow Legends for free with the link below in the description and get some sweet bonuses after you play for a week. Uh, check them out and thanks for supporting the show. Thanks Raid Shadow Legends for sponsoring the show this week. And so we have just a few minutes left to, to do a quick review of Jojo Rabbit. Did you see Jojo? Yeah. Awesome, what did you think of Jojo Rabbit, Jamie? It good. It good? It good. Nice and succinct, thank you. I had a good time. <laughs> um, did, it, did everyone here like it? Did anyone have like real beef with it? I liked it. No. I have beef with someone who's got beef is what um, I got. I think my only beef with it if I was to come up with some beef. Uh is Taika generally he rocks so hard, makes such great movies. I don't think this lives up to his other output, honestly. Interesting. Um I had a lot of fun with the movie. It's it's a right. weird blend of comedy and drama. Like it is horribly sad in parts and the entire awkwardly, way. awkwardly funny I, in other parts. I have a theory about that. Let's hear it. I, and I think
1: it's actually a testament to how I think g- good. I think the movie is, and how talented Taika Waititi is. Is that all the movies that he's made thus far that you can compare this to are movies that are almost just intended to be joyous mm-hmm. from the beginning. So like, this is the opposite of so. let I mean, with the exception joy. of Eagle versus Shark, which is weird and like somewhat off-putting, but still. Intended to be lovable. This this movie, or uh, then you have uh, what we do in the shadows. Which, if you don't love those characters by the first, by the end of the five minute prologue that introduces you to them, and you're so into it then, like, I don't know, you might not be a human being. But,
0: like, that's what the movie does. He, <laughs> he hun- really does that really well at the beginning of movies. Like, yeah. really sells you on loving a character Hunt, very quickly. Hunt for the Will to People starts, immediately introduces you
1: to who's the character. N- none No characters are supposed to be unlikable, but they are immediately intended to be likable. Even, like, the bad, like, you have the you have Ricky Baker introduces the bad boy. He's going to be our focal point, but he's also kind of a troublemaker. But the things they show him doing are not troublesome and he's he looks like a stuffed animal. Like he is like in, immediately tended and then his antagonist, pseudo antagonist is uh is the is Dr. Alan Grant from (laughs) Jurassic Park. Like, it's all very intentional to be like, five minutes in, you should love everyone in this film that you're watching. You should be so charmed by them. This is the first movie I feel like he's made where by the beginning part, you're like, you feel uncomfortable getting comfortable
0: with them because Mm -hmm. he's like, they're Nazis. It, yeah. it, it does the, make the humor uncomfortable, I thought. Like, I did laugh a lot in the movie, but there were several parts where I'm like, should I really be laughing yeah. out loud I think at these Nazis highly? I think that's a testament to the humor, right? Yeah. Like,
1: to, for me, at least, I thought it was really funny, and I think that was a testament to the humor because if you start at negative three and you still get people to laugh at a six, that's the equivalent of a nine-point nine, nine point joke. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't
3: feel uncomfortable laughing at humor from nazi characters i i felt you you don't want to like sympathize or f- feel like a nazi c- character is humanized mm-hmm. in a way they did a really
2: great job of it if they're going to yeah. make a nazi character humanized they wouldn't make them likable to other nazis that exist now okay you yes, I mean, like it's sam yes sam rockwell very uh, very likable yeah. but no nazi would look up to him because he's very effeminate and that was like beautiful it's
3: it's, yeah, it's a really t- tough conundrum.
2: Well, I, thought,
0: I f- love Sam Rockwell in this oh movie, by I, the way.
1: What, one of my favorite things about this movie is that it didn't feel, and I was reading some negative reviews just because it's curious what people's perspective of, and the general consensus, just broadly, seemed to be like, oh, this like, is, goes easy on Nazis. Like, you shouldn't go so easy on Nazis. And while I, I understand that perspective, I didn't feel like the point of the movie was forgiveness. It wasn't like forgive these Nazis for they are merely human. It was a human beings are very complex. And even the evil ones have a range of emotions. Yeah. And sometimes the difference between being evil and being good is is knowledge, you know, and education and learning because one of my favorite things about the movie is you know, premise is there's this boy who's a Nazi fanboy. He loves it. It's kind of towards the end of World War II. But he's still totally pro-Nazi, and all of that is almost done by the fact that it's uh, propaganda. The propaganda machine and the whole society that's around him, tells, he's him grown up in. Yeah. tells him yeah. that this is the coolest stuff ever, and he's completely bought into it the same way any of us would have bought into Transformers as a kid. You know, like <laughs> He's into it. He loves it. He doesn't have Ninja Turtles, but he's got Nazism. But then, through a series of circumstances, he discovers that there's actually a Jewish girl hiding away in his home. And this is now the worst thing that could possibly happen to him. But through those circumstances, they, like, teach each other. One of my favorite things is they make her kind of scary when she's first introduced. Mm -hmm. She's threatening. She's like a creature in the walls. She's, she's She's pretty mean to him. She's not just this benevolent creature- that is like, well, how could you hate this thing? Like, there is, and then so the thing is, it's a shared knowledge, but I don't think that's a sympathizing with Nazis at all, which is a vibe I got from some of the negative criticisms. I
2: think people just get it, they get I lost mean, in the idea of things.
3: So full, this is full spoiler discussion here. What I'm going to okay. talk about. Warning, here. that's your warning. This is your warning. Spoilers. So when, when, um. What's it, fuck, what's the actor's name? He dances in every movie. He Sam plays. Rockwell. Sam, when Sam Rockwell comes into the home <laughs> and <laughs> they just they encounter uh, the Jewish girl and then she pretends to be his deceased sister and she can't remember the girl's birthday and he looks at her papers. The implication here is is that Sam Rockwell like maybe concealed that information? Oh yeah, so he covered
0: yeah, absolutely. So
3: you're like, okay, well he's not He's not a.
0: He's not as evil as the evil. Movies. He's not.
3: He's not direct. He's not directly evil to this one person, but he is a cog in the machine. Unless, unless he's an undercover. He's doing some undercover work where he's working with the resistance, mm. and he's, you know, undermining his Nazi constituents. Like there's this expectation that, like, yeah, he is a system in the cog of of this machine that is exterminating a people mm. and oppressing a people. You know. Uh, and so, there's still that. So it's like he is a part of this machine, and then, but then they give us these moments like that where it humanizes him. They give us the moment where the it's it's an well, inc- incredible moment when, um, the kid, what's his name?
0: His little friend, Jojo.
3: Or when Jojo, JoJo oh. what's his name? When Jojo, uh, at the very end, after uh, they've been, the town's been liberated, mm. and they're rounding up the Nazis, and Jojo's there in his little like makeshift SS jacket and uh, he's going to be rounded up with these other nazis and then sam rockwell it like sp- starts spitting on him and he's like get out of here jew get out of here jew like you get goosebumps watching it mm-hmm. and you're like in your heart you're like oh no sam rockwell mm-hmm. like he's doing this to protect him and, and but but we don't know and we can only assume that where this this man is in power and you know his he's a decorated ss officer that he has been part of this well, but, this massacre. But right? part
1: of the thing that I like about the movie is that it's very it's very intentional about who it says is innocent and who it says is not. He's he's killed. Big spoiler mm-hmm. he's punished. Yeah. His character he's no executed. matter the good that he he shows or the, the kindness that appears through his Nazi exterior through the course of the film he's punished by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And all every single character that is that way no matter how endearing is punished. There's, like, a point where, like, a, a line is drawn. All children seem to be innocent or are, are, are considered generally innocent in this film. And I think that's a fair line to draw as well because the way they treat JoJo's understanding of what Nazism is and even the whole war and the purpose of the war, he has no idea. That's just patriotism. he, he has like, no idea I mean it's, yeah yeah it's it's ignorance it's not it's not blindness, which well, I think is a difference
2: that's that's who I feel like the ultimate villain of this movie was was ignorance and I think that to me this movie spoke so loudly for, for like my brain because like growing up in the South, I was kind of like raised in a certain uh, climate that I wasn't really given a lot of experience to understand certain uh, s- different different differences really and sure. I think most people in the South. Kind of experience this, where they they grow up in one place, and they stay in this place, and they sort of cook in their own belief systems. And, juices. And yeah, they're just kind of simmering like a like a uh, brining turkey, and it's it's just like in, in like blind hate, in ignorance. Okay. And I think what this movie does so beautifully, and I, it speaks a lot to like cancel culture and all this all this stuff. It's like this idea that your crimes are permanent, and the idea that people are labeling the opposite team by the stuff they don't like about them. The thing is, is that not only did this—is it amazing that JoJo reached out to uh, the the Jewish girl and and try to get to a place where he could understand her genuinely, like sincerely, like tell me about you? But she didn't say screw off. You don't. You're you're ignorant and you're you're a murderer. Uh, you're uh, emboldening uh, murder murderers and stuff, and you're on the wrong team. Like she didn't write him off either. And they listened to each other and they got to know each other and they became more understanding of the opposite team because they actually spoke and respected each other's ignorance. Hmm. And it was this like, that is, that is how you change people's minds. I, I grew from a bunch of ignorant perspectives as a kid because I had uh, one of my best friends, is this, uh, he was gay in high school, he was the only gay guy I knew, and I would say stuff and he would sit me down and he would say, hey, real quick, that's, um, that's not what I appreciate. Here's what I think you think you're saying and what it actually feels like. And I, because he respected the fact that I can learn, that meant more than the fact that I was once ignorant.
0: Sure, he didn't just write you off as some sort of bigot. Mm-hmm. Right, he I think that's how you He saw you as enough of a person to want
2: to yeah. to yeah. explain. We have yeah. to, I think it's the idea of like opening up people to conversation and discussion and respect for listening, rather than just writing folks off because they are a part of a, a thing that you don't appreciate or something. Well yeah. yeah.
1: So I not know. Gene. I think I think that's I think that's a tough challenge, and I appreciate Taika Waititi for taking on a tough challenge. I will probably not watch this movie as much as I've already watched Hunt for the Wilderpeople or What We Do in the Shadows, but I think that's because it it's a more challenging movie.
0: Well, opposite the comedy are some
1: really deep, yeah, horrible, sad. Yeah, things. I'd mm-hmm.
3: say like comedy drama ratio is definitely. Uh, higher than some of his other films. Yeah,
1: but I, I do think you will, like, I think you can put on a movie like Hunt for the Wilder People and just feel good afterwards. Yeah. But you can put on a movie like this, and then you can think more about the world and the people <laughs> oh, around you. I mean, and yeah. there, so there's huge benefits to all of them. It's, and like, I was It's so certainly worried. more challenging on the audience they, than just the yeah.
3: joy pill of they, most of his films. Yeah, they have this joyful moment at the end of the film where he's reunited with his little chunky friend. Mm-hmm. But Yoki, I'm like... Yoki. Uh, what's yeah. his name? Yorkie Yorki? Yorkie is, Yorkie? 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 is Some, it Yorkie something like
1: oh, he says that. with a German accent. Yorkie. Yorkie or whatever.
3: But at the same time I'm like I'm like that's great but do we really know what's going to happen to that that kid? No. Like we no. don't no. we don't know and I mean
2: Well I mean that's the whole idea of tying the shoes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like the whole movie kept having the theme I don't think just to so you recognize the mom's shoes uh, in that one poignant moment but like I think the whole concept of tying the shoe is is the, the uh the implication of ignorance. It's like the kid's shoes were constantly untied and he had to have them relaced by his mom who knew better and mm-hmm. uh, he eventually learned to tie the shoes around him. And it was like, you know, who knows what's gonna happen next, but he is better He's better set to move forward mm-hmm. with people around him because he learned how to tie it.
3: Tie shoes. someone else's shoes for them.
2: Well, yeah. to teach Well, them.
1: also the first time he ties, he the shoe tying yeah. is in the other direction. You think about what that yeah. moment is in his life and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, sh- yeah. I don't know. I think it's great. I, th- yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's really beautiful. It's a great movie. I understand people not being like, I like on the liked it scale, did not maybe like it as much of his other work. But that doesn't mean it's, I think it's any less.
0: It's important. St- talent and good. Starting to play Hidden Life, which I think explores some of these themes. Oh, man. This in a tra- way, darker, heavier. No, yeah. I was like,
1: this trailer played before Jojo Rabbit. And I was like, yeah. why is everything? Steady cam in a oh, wide yeah. angle. No, lens. I was going to
2: say just they're period. shooting on like an eight millimeter uh, I, Kubrick lens. Like, get off!
0: Driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Go. Um, oh, no, no. Um, Jojo, though. I think we all say go see it. I don't, oh yeah. It's not in super huge wide release. Um, but I say watch go it Seek video. it
2: out if you can. Yeah. Watch it with people so you can hear everybody else feel uh, ashamed of laughing. Or <laughs> you can hear the person sitting behind you. Oh, God.
1: Who's
0: we
2: had the worst theater experience. On. I'm gonna,
1: just real quick. I'm going to take my one opportunity of having anyone who listens to me (laughs) to say, you made eye contact with your wife. Hey, asshole that put your popcorn bag on the ground directly on ear level with Elise and I behind us, jamming your hand in there, like some (laughs) sort of Kung Fu trainee training in the sand. (laughs) Every single time you want to pull out one kernel makes a lot of noise. Want to know how I know? We told you. Oh. Several times we told you it was making a lot of noise and you kept putting it back down. Okay, I know you love your bag because I watched you walk out of the theater with it after the movie was done. There was still half a fucking bag's worth of popcorn I in there. it
3: was in that bag? Because you were
1: eating the kernel one at a time with your lips apart I, in your back molar so I could hear you chew with all the air escaping, which is not something you should be able to hear from two meters away. But I was able to hear it. I was
0: 15 feet away and I could hear this guy's every bite oh of popcorn.
1: You garbage person. <laughs> okay? <laughs> he was worse. He was Please worse.
0: teach me how to not hate you. Please. Make a movie about that. This is my favorite opinion. <laughs> and he was God, worse than Old Lady with Dog and Young Couple with Baby.
2: Yeah. Um, which
0: <laughs> the landmark where we went to see this movie, I don't know what you're doing if you actually hate the people that come to see movies in your theater, but don't let a lady with a dog in. Don't, Maybe don't bring your dog. Have
1: to, no, I, I mean know. it was a service animal that rolls around on the ground yeah. and yelps during the movie. That's not a service
0: animal. <laughs> oh God, um, <laughs> Jamie, thanks for coming around this week, man. Oh, I thought I was in trouble the way you said. Yeah. It. No, no. Thank uh, you for and that, me. man. <laughs> With <was> you, <laughs> Jamie. Don't you <laughs> Wait, talk smack about service animals. <laughs> Um, do you got anything to plug or what are you up to? What's going oh, on? I
2: have um, uh, a show. I mean, I have a YouTube channel that I, uh, that uh, you can go visit. It is, I wish that I had the name for the, the URL, but it's, it's Scooty Dutes. <laughs> is okay. the URL okay. c Dudes. We'll put that in the description we'll see you somewhere. There. And at J A L L E N M C on all social media where it matters. So that's uh, that's cool. cool. What are you doing mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel these days? Vivo. um I have. That's it. It's just me <laughs> saying the word Vivo a hundred times a day. No, I have a uh, uh, a bunch of stuff that I'm getting. I'm re- gearing up to do more of. But I, I have a, a show called Gray Area where I sort of dissect controversial uh, ideas and talk to both sides. Mm. Sort of like what happens in Jojo Rabbit.
1: Cool. Right Your on. regular Taika <laughs> I
0: wish. Well, thanks for coming around, man. Thank we'll you have have so you much soon. for having me. I love It was you. Great, to, great to have you around. Um, we are not going to have time to talk about the Dr. Doolittle remake this week. Um, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> But, um, next we'll week next this time. will become
3: our Matt Damon oh, on we'll Jimmy Kim next next, next so, sorry guys next time
0: um, but thanks for coming around you guys we'll be back next week uh, thanks again to uh, Away Bags uh, and Raid Shadow Legends for sponsoring this week we really appreciate it go check out their stuff to help support the show and yeah we'll be back next week uh, see y'all next time
1: bye